Hi, welcome to the Canola Watch podcast. My name is Jay Wetter, and our topic today is midge. We suspected we've had Swede midge on the prairies for a decade or so now, but maybe not all the midge midges we're finding in canola fields are actually sweet midge. We may have a new one. To discuss the topic with me are... Uh, my name is Keith Gobert, agronomy specialist with the Canola Council of Canada based out of central Alberta. My name is Boyd Morey. I'm a research scientist with Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada based out of Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. So we, we thought we had Swede midge in Saskatchewan that was the same as the one in Ontario. That's, yes. no, that's no longer true? Uh, no, it is still true. Um, it's just we also have this other species. Um, so uh, I've looked back through specimens that we have, and uh, we have specimens definitely that are Swede midge from uh, 2013. Um, and so they are, they've been confirmed by experts that, yes, they are Swede midge, and they were collected from soil samples in uh, the Carrot region of Saskatchewan. Carrot River region, sorry, of Saskatchewan. So they're both here. Okay. And do you know yeah. which one is, is more common? That's uh, difficult to say. Um, so based off of pheromone traps, um, this past year we caught, we didn't catch any Swede midge in the pheromone traps, and they are specific for Swede midge. Um, so it appears that we had either extremely low numbers or the places that we placed our pheromone traps out didn't have any Swede midges. Um, whereas uh, the um, new midge that we've identified, uh, we found it in, you know, I would say, I, I would think they're relatively high numbers, but as far as the damage they're causing, it's very minimal. Um, so, but we found that throughout the northeast of Saskatchewan, and then uh, Scott Mears and Shelley Barkley um, found some throughout kind of east central uh, Alberta. So the, the pheromone traps set up to catch this, this Swede midge found in Ontario and the one found uh, in Saskatchewan, as he said, w would not attract any other midge, let alone this, this other new one. There's a slight possibility if um, oftentimes uh, insects have multiple chemicals in their pheromone. Um, so if some of those chemicals are the same between species, there could be some cross attraction. Um, but when we looked at the traps here, we didn't see any of these new midge on the Swede midge pheromone traps. So how much more complicated does this make your summer research? We've been looking for Swede midge now, monitoring since I'm going to say 2006, 2007. The concern is still there that that pest could cause some damage if it ever became established. Uh, now you've got another wrinkle that you've got another very closely related midge, it looks like. Uh, that isn't attracted to the same traps. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it could be a, a double-edged sword. We could have both uh, Swede midge and this new midge in the same crop. Uh, and so we would have to determine which is causing what damage. And at the moment, we don't, we can't really differentiate the damage um, Swede midge causes compared to this new midge. The new midge, we can say absolutely for sure, it causes these galled, uh, bottled flowers, which we previously thought was Swede midge damage. Um, whether Swede midge also causes that same type of damage, we're not really sure. Um, some of the Swede midge damage flowers that I've seen um, don't really look the same as this new midge. Um, so personally, I think I can tell the difference. Um, 
but I think producers would have to be able to see both um, this new midge damage and Swede midge damage and compare them side by side to really be able to tell what species is causing the damage. At this point in the conversation, I paused and asked Boyd to go back and explain how the new midge was discovered. Yeah, so for how, there's um, Dr. Julie Soroka, who's been working on Swede midge here in Saskatchewan for a number of years now. Um, she's always noticed they were slightly, the new midge is slightly bigger, um, or at least what she thought was Swede midge at the time, was slightly bigger in Saskatchewan compared to those populations in Ontario. Um, they had hairier wings. Um, the number of generations is different. That could just be a feature of the climate in Saskatchewan compared to Ontario, but it could also be associated with a different species. Um, so there's there were always these kind of lingering thoughts on her mind. And then um, this year, uh, when I started working on the project, I was really surprised by the lack of uh, pheromone captures and the what we thought was sweet midge in our emergence cages. And so the emergence cages are uh, basically like a tent placed directly on the soil surface and then as the adults emerge from the soil they're captured in these cages. And we were catching hundreds in our in our emergence uh, traps and we were catching nothing on our pheromone traps. So to me that, that instantly struck a note and I thought uh, that it's either a different species or that the pheromones isn't working. Um, and so actually to test that, I sent some of our pheromone lures to Ontario to Dr. Rebecca Hallett there, and she placed them out in the field and they caught hundreds of midges uh, within a day or two. So it wasn't a problem with the pheromones. So that really uh, helped strike home that it's probably a different species. Is this the kind of stuff that is the reason why you got into entomology? It sounds like a pretty exciting time in a way. This is, uh, yeah, extremely exciting for me. Uh, you know, it's it's not the greatest for producers to hear that there's there could be another potential pest, but it's not every day you come across a, a new species, and uh, it, pro it probably will only be the the only new species I discover in my career. So, very exciting. Uh, where did it come from? Uh, it, it, okay, it's new. Is it new to the world, or is it just new to Saskatchewan, or? So how we like to describe it is it's new to science. Um, it's never been described before. As for where it came from, we're not sure if it's native or if it's an invasive species. Um, that's work that we really need to, to work on and to try and determine. Let's go back to the comment, uh, which is what the growers would, will care about, is, is what sort of damage we can expect uh, with regard to canola. So we, we, you know that it, it causes damage. Maybe you could describe again what that damage looks like. Okay, yeah, so for this new midge, um, the only damage that we're 100% positive it causes are these galled or bottle-shaped flowers. Um, when I And the reason we're so sure is that when I've dissected these flowers, I've taken the larvae, I've extracted their DNA, and we did a process called DNA barcoding. Um, and we look at a sequence of one particular gene, and we can compare that between species. And when we did that with this new midge and with Swede midge, we determined that they are not the same species. And all the larvae from those galled flowers that I've tested so far have only been this new midge. They have not been Swede midge. Given that... And the damage... Sorry, Jay. Yeah, go ahead. And, and the damage is... The damage, at least at this point, is, is something that a grower would would shrug their shoulders and, and ignore, at least uh, in discussions with entomologists and the, and the few fields that I've seen with 
with this new midge um, as part of Shelley and Scott's tour, I, I did look at one or two fields uh, that they had been in. And if you had a very keen eye, you could pick out a few flowers that didn't open right, that perhaps had a little more different bit of color tint. But for a grower to come into his field and spend two or three minutes crouched down looking for these flowers, it's not something at this point that would cause some concern. But for both Swede Midge and this new Midge, the question is what could they amount to for damage? Yes, exactly. And for right now, we don't know. So we're hoping to conduct more research and determine yeah, what kind of damage, that, or, uh, the economics basically of the damage of both midge species. Neither of these pests have caused significant injury or damage in the prairies yet. Uh, but the problem is that, at least in Ontario, uh, Sweden, in some of the counties there, has encouraged them not to grow canola. And like, it's that serious of a pest there. And if it attacks early and attacks the main growing point of the crop, it can literally stop that crop from, from flowering. So we know around the world that Sweden midge is a, a real concern, but we haven't seen it here yet. And I'd hope we never do, but that's why it's really important that Boyd is uh, continuing with his research. Yeah, to date, the yeah the prairies have, have really locked out, I guess, uh, as far as Swede midge is concerned. Um, Swede midge, uh, yeah, can be an absolutely devastating pest, especially to canola. Um, I have a colony in the laboratory, and when I just look at the damaged plants, it's, it it just amazes me how much damage that they can cause, especially as Keith mentioned, uh, they can attack early. Um, and so if they attack, you know, early, you were talking, you know, five leaf, seven leaf stage, you might, the plant might be killed and uh, you will get no yield off that plant. Um, so if we do ever experience high numbers here, then it would, it could be a very significant pest. But luckily to date, um, yeah, we just haven't seen those high numbers. We uh, we really want to know where is Swede midge. Um, you know, can we still find it in across the prairies? Um, we want, and we also want to know where is this new midge occurring. Um, so we are hoping to study the distribution across uh, Alberta, Saskatchewan, and Manitoba of both species um, to see if they're if they're both co-occurring, if there's only one species or if the other, uh, and how they're interacting. We're also going to focus some research effort on understanding the biology of this new species. We want to really nail down how many generations are occurring, um, yeah, which generations are, how many generations are occurring in the crop, um, what kind of damage impact can it have, are we actually going to see any noticeable uh, drop in yield um, based off the damage that this insect can cause. Um, and if, if we are thinking that it could be a uh, an important pest. Uh, we would also like to start looking at the pheromone biology of this new midge, uh, because as Keith mentioned earlier, that the damage is, is you really need a really keen eye, especially if you're looking at a field that's in full flower to spot any of these damaged flowers. So if we can identify the pheromone for this new midge, then we can get them a pheromone monitoring tool to use, um, and then we can monitor populations that way. Once we uh, once we determine if this insect is a going to become a pest, the first question that a producer asks is, what are my control options or how do I, how do I manage this pest? And, and if Swede midge, for example, became a real issue on the prairies, we really don't have great control options. The, the insect lays its eggs and their larvae developed 
enclosed and sort of sheltered. So spraying for the adult that lives only a few days um, and has multiple flushes is is really difficult. Even even though there's some insecticides that are registered for that purpose, it really doesn't sound like something that a canola producer would be would be that interested in doing. So so Boyd, is there are there any natural enemies, or do we have that on the research horizon as well for controlling either sweet midge or this this new midge? Yes, exactly. We do have uh, some natural enemies identified. At the moment, we're not sure what midge they're attacking. If they're attacking the new midge, sweet midge, maybe even both. Um, but we've identified two parasitoid wasps. Um, that attack one of these two midge or maybe both. Um, so that could be helping control populations. Um, part of my current research as well is looking at uh, host plant resistance um, for both Swede, well, starting off with Swede midge and now hopefully uh, also going to be looking at this new midge to see if we can identify uh, any plant traits that we could potentially breed in um, to some canola lines um, for insect resistance against these two midges. It seems we've been watching this insect for almost 10 years and it hasn't been, it hasn't really flared on us, uh, which is great news, but is there any way to predict the future if it's going to? Uh, you know, I wish I could predict the future, but I can't. Uh, so I'm not sure, uh, you know, I, for producer's sake, I hope we, you know, we don't see any increase in Swede midge populations and I hope uh, that this new midge uh, doesn't cause large amounts of damage for them. Um, but we don't know. Um, you know, it could be a changing climate that could influence some of these uh, life cycle characteristics of one or the other midge or both um, that could, you know, one year just cause them to boom. But uh, at the moment we don't know what uh, what their population levels are going to be like in the future. Thanks, Boyd. Thanks, Keith. The Canola Council of Canada actually has a new Swede Midge video that's about to launch. You can find it and more on Swede Midge at canolawatch.org. Canola Watch is an agronomy service provided by the Canola Council of Canada and funded in part by grower levy contributions to the provincial canola organizations. Thanks for listening. I'm Jay Wetter.